This is Here Arizona, addressing issues, empowering our community. I'm Kathy Ritchie. I spent 10 years helping care for my mother after she was diagnosed with dementia. As a reporter, I'm taking a deep dive into the ups and downs of growing old. This is Here Arizona's Aging Podcast. In the board game Life, you go to school, get a job, maybe collect a few pink and blue plastic kids along the way, but as soon as everyone gets to the retire space, the game just ends. That's life. That's so sad. Life doesn't just end after retirement. Some of us will start second careers or discover new passions. But at the same time, some of us will never reach that retire space, either because we can't afford it or because work is what keeps us going. I was on the stage. There were almost a 1,000 people, huge, and the audience stood up and applauded. Well, sorry, I was hooked. I never, I was never going to be anything but a dancer. Cohen is a choreographer and teacher at Dance Theater West, a studio she co-owns in Phoenix, Arizona. Fran is 87 years old and has been dancing since she was four. Did you ever stop? No. Even when you had children? When I, well, this first one, I went up till a week before giving birth, okay, and came back six weeks later. The second one, the little stinker, was two weeks late, threw my whole schedule out, and so I took a little six weeks off. And the third baby was right on time and took six weeks off. And that's, that's so it. in total, you've taken eight week, 18 weeks off of dance? Well, oh, well no, I, I've had a few, <laughs> uh, a few operations. When you dance as much as with this, all right, two new hips, a fused spine, and I'm still choreographing, I'm still teaching, I'm walking. Fran is about 5'2", and she rocks her white hair in a pixie cut. If I saw Fran at the grocery store, I'd guess she was 15 years younger. Fran and I sit in the lobby of her studio where we're surrounded by mementos of a long career. And just down the hall from us, a modern dance class is in full swing. Fran isn't teaching, but when she walks by, it's clear the students know her and her dog. Oh, James, hi. Take him, honey, would you? <laughs> Warm up good. Let me ask you, you're 87. <laughs> you keep saying that. I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry. She keeps Fran. saying that. I you notice that. that really. I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> but I bring it up because, I mean, you're still going. I mean, you could stop. You could do something else. Why are you still, why do you keep going? If you have a passion, you don't have a choice. I know if anybody said, well, you know, how are you going to eat? It was not a point. Somehow it'll work out. Fran doesn't keep dancing to pay bills. She keeps dancing because she can't stop. That means that for Fran, retirement isn't an option. Oh, yeah, because it, it, it is who you are. You do it because it's who you are. And when you stop doing it, who are you? That's your question. When you see your other friends who maybe aren't staying engaged, what, what, what is that like for you? I worry. I get really upset. It keeps me up because I don't want to become irrelevant. And that's, and that's sort of sad 
the minute I let my hair go white, this was about 15 years ago, uh, people treated me differently. How so? They talked over me. Uh, they didn't, I don't think anybody ever asked me, well, what do you do? Because nobody expected me to be doing anything. And it's, uh, it's funny because being 87 years old, they don't think you're doing anything very valuable. Or no, I shouldn't say valuable, relevant. Yeah. But you are relevant. Of course. I mean, I, I know it. Fran speaks to a very real phenomenon here, ageism. And it's something that both older men and women face. There are just these biases that we have about older adults, that they're slower, they're out of touch, they're unfamiliar with new technologies. Basically, like Fran says, that they're just not as relevant. And that attitude can affect people in and out of the workplace. Becoming irrelevant probably is my biggest fear. Like Fran, Paul Markow has only known one career. In Paul's case, it's professional photography. Nice. nice, great smile. Good. That's good. Just Paul like shows that. us around his Bring Phoenix studio where he has collages of old Polaroid pictures stuck to his just, walls. This is like a diary of my life, and you just look at this and it brings back memories of shoots and times, and there's probably literally thousands of Polaroids on this wall. Paul Keep is 73 up. years old. We have Dave Mustaine on a horse from Megadeth. And he's been taking Jenna portraits Jameson, of celebrities in Arizona you know, and around the country Excel, for almost 60 uh, years. You know, there's a um, senior moment. Uh, Robin Sewell. We did Robin. Because he's been a photographer for so long, he's seen the industry go through tremendous changes. Paul has adapted and learned new technologies. But some changes are just harder to overcome. One of the things I've discovered is a lot of my client base is either retiring or dying. So it's a, it's a little, it's a little, you, it's outliving your client base that you grew up with when you were 25 and you created these relationships with, and all of a sudden you're 70 something and your clients are 66 and 67 and they're going, Paul, I'm done. I've had, I have one client right now that we just shot for last week. And he said, this is his last project. And I've worked for him since the mid eighties. So that'll be another account going away. I, I do a little mantra now, and this is a little morbid, I guess, but I do a little mantra when I go out. I go, be thankful for this job today, even if it's a boring job I'm going out on, because someday I'll be in a hospital bed going, gee, I wish I could do one more damn headshot. I think that future is a long way off for Paul. When we talked, he had just booked a job shooting in Florida, on a beach. But these days, Paul tries not to have too many expectations. Even with more than half a century of experience, he worries about his career. More and more companies are using in-house photographers. Tastes are changing, and younger photographers are always coming onto the scene. How do I put this? Basically, it's not my world anymore. I'm just along for the ride, and this generation, your generation, is running the world, and they get, it's their turn. and. I'm comfortable with that. If Paul gets his way, he'll work until he can no longer carry his camera. But he recognizes that he might get pushed out of the industry before he's ready to leave. Not everybody is retired. Some people lose their jobs. Dana Kennedy is a state director of AARP Arizona, a nonprofit organization for people over 50. AARP hosts events and workshops on health, finances, and jobs. 
And because of that, Dana meets a lot of people like Paul and Fran who want to keep working, but older workers aren't always valued. I think millennials are fabulous, and I think they spur us all to think about, you know, challenging the status quo and thinking outside of the box. But there's also some wisdom with a retiree to be able to say, that's a great idea, but, you know, we might want to think this way. A new study from ProPublica and the Urban Institute shows that more than half of U.S. workers over 50 years old are pushed out of jobs before they choose to retire. Layoffs are most common, but sometimes they're forced out in subtler ways. That was the case for Tom Helms. So we know each other personally. You were my high school teacher. Yes. And you were one of my favorite teachers. And you were one of my many favorite students. Was that politically correct? (laughs) Tom was an English teacher for 36 years before he decided to quit. He was burned out. And on top of that, he was having problems with his boss. And I knew that I was 56 years old and I needed to have another occupation. You had a pension. Huh. I've had a pension now for 20 years and not had a cost of living increase in 20 years. Tom couldn't get by on just his pension, and he was too young to qualify for Social Security. So Tom assessed his skills and passions and thought about what else he could do to make money. Every human being should have a vocation and avocation. My avocation was collecting. I turned my avocation into a new profession. Tom went from high school teacher to full-time appraiser. Today, Tom owns his own company in Phoenix and currently has two other employees. After spending years worrying about when and how he'll be able to retire, now Tom has more than enough money to get by. I'm a very rich retired school teacher. And you laugh because you know that it is not a profession to go in that you know you're going to have a stellar retirement. really stuck with me. Tom talked about his career switch like it was no big deal. But if I were 56 years old and had to find a new job for the first time in like more than 30 years, I think I'd be a little freaked out. And maybe that's just because I don't know what I'd fall back on. I have a vocation, but I don't have an avocation. I think there really is something to be said about having multiple things in your life that give you purpose. Right now, I have my job, my family, my gym membership. But what about when or maybe if I retire? I won't have this job and my daughter might not want to hang out with me anymore. Here's Dana Kennedy. We really do need to think about retirement as as a whole person, not just the financial aspect of it. Yes, it's important to think about how much you need to save, when to maximize your 401k contributions, all of those things. But it's also important, probably equally important, to think about what you're going to actually do. Because your job gives you a purpose, it gives you a meaning. And to make sure that you have that purpose and meaning in retirement is really important. At the end of the day, if you actually did manage to retire and then move to the beach, are you going to be happy and fulfilled playing golf and going to parties? Or are you just going to be really stinking bored? When you retire, you have a choice. You can um, do nothing and let your time while away. Or you can be active and time passes quickly. Sam Baker is the poster boy of not letting your time while away. He has had so many jobs throughout his life, it's difficult for him to keep track of all of them. I was a paper boy first, then I worked in a store. I actually counted as he listed off uh, all of the jobs he's had over the years. Then I went into the Marine Corps. 
13. Sam's had 13 jobs. He spent a good chunk of time as a director of the National Geodetic Survey, which is now part of NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Then he retired for the first time in 1978. After that, he became a consultant. And then to GPS salesman and then the book author. I want you to meet my friend, Herman. Herman, this is grandmother, said Petunia. Herman put out his hand and shook hands with grandmother. Sam became a children's book author at the age of 95, 40 years after retiring. The book he wrote was called The Silly Adventures of Petunia and Herman the Worm. Grandmother. grandmother said, be sure to get lots of extra napkins. I have a feeling that your little friend will need them. Petunia giggled and looked at Herman. What has been the most satisfying thing about writing your book? Well, as you know, all goals of achievement are joy. I mean, when you walk up on the stage to get your degree in high school or in college, that's one of your proudest moments in life because you've achieved something that's been like a carrot dangling in front of you, and now you've got it. Well, what do you have in life now when you retire? There are not many goals you can set for yourself. When Sam quit working for good, he struggled to find purpose, especially after his wife, Janet, passed away. Once you lose a mate of 58 years, it's devastating. Uh, Here, it's nice. I have lots of friends. But when I close that door at night, I'm alone. Uh, I was becoming a hermit. You know, you can find excuses. Oh, I should go out and see them. Yeah, I'll just stay here and I'll, I'll have something out of refrigerated to eat. You get in that rut, and until you can find the courage to say, no, you've got to get out of this house, you've got to get around people again. How, how do you do that? It takes willpower. Procrastination is a very strong person. It is. There's a thousand reasons, and you have to overcome that. Writing books helps Sam get through sleepless nights. It also helps him get up in the mornings, leave the house, meet new people. The reality is retirement can be lonely and isolating. That's why it's important for us to do something that really makes us happy as we age. But trying new hobbies and seeing if they stick is something not all of us can do. It was easier for me because I had an income. Sam has a savings, pension, and Social Security. He doesn't have to worry about money. Most people aren't Sam. Dana Kennedy told me something crazy about a recent AARP survey of 40 to 59-year-olds making moderate income. Nearly one out of every three said they were more likely to learn Bigfoot was real than to save enough to retire comfortably. And there are a lot of reasons why that's happening. It's more expensive to go to college, so I still have student loans, you know, and I'm 51 years old. So that takes away from what you should be saving because you're paying off your student loan debt. So there's all kinds of factors. Healthcare is a big one, and it just costs more and more to live these days. There isn't a one-size-fits-all number you need to reach. Like as soon as you save a million dollars, a retirement genie isn't going to just visit you and poof, you can quit your job. 
The amount we need to save depends on so many things. Salary, benefits, how long we'll live after retirement. Because of that, Dana's financial advice is pretty general. It all adds up. Anything that you do is better than what you're not doing. Even if it's $10 a week, you know, putting it into a savings account, eventually that's going to add up. A lot of people are saving for retirement. That same AARP survey found that 7 out of 10 adults saved at least some money for retirement in 2018. Still, even when you follow all of the advice, do everything by the book, sometimes careful planning isn't enough. I retired in 97 with 34 years of service. And I thought, you know, I'm going to buy me a, a big 30-foot RV, and my mailing address will be any town and whatever. And that's what I had really thought about doing. Well, of course, that never happened. Maria Valdez started working at the phone company Mountain Bell, which is now CenturyLink, when she was a senior in high school. And after she graduated, she got a full-time job there. During the 34 years she worked at the phone company, Maria did everything the experts tell you to do. She opened a retirement savings account when she was 21 years old, and she regularly deposited money into it. I didn't have a lot of money back then. It was just like maybe $25 every paycheck. Maria also put money into her 401k, which over time grew to over $300,000. With the money stashed away in the bank and in her 401k, Maria decided to retire from the phone company. I retired April Fool's Day. <laughs> I retired April Fool's Day of 97. Which seems significant looking back. Maria's son has always lived with her, but shortly after Maria retired, she also started caring for her mom and sister. She welcomed a grandson into her home. And then, due to the shady actions of the phone company's former CEO, Joe Naccio, Maria's retirement plans changed. Nacho went to prison for insider trading, and Maria and many of her co-workers saw the value of their 401k plummet. I wasn't old enough at that time to withdraw my savings without a, a big, severe penalty. So I ended up with about $29,000, $30,000. But again, raising a family and, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot. I had really no choice but to go back to work. So Maria got a full-time job as a receptionist with a law firm based in Phoenix. She's been working there since 2001. I'm the oldest person at the office. I don't mess around. Maria became extremely good at her job, and she enjoyed it. But she still dreamed of retiring and traveling around the world. But then Maria's plans to retire got derailed again. Just as everything was going well, and it seemed like retirement was finally going to be possible, Maria's son died. That means she's now raising her grandson as a single working parent. Maria's priorities have shifted. My main goal in life right now is to get my grandson through high school. That is my one main goal. I think once I get him through high school, I've done my job. If everything goes the way Maria hopes, her grandson will graduate high school in three years. By then, Maria will be almost 75 years old and on her way to retire for good. I don't regret one minute of it. I don't regret one second of it. I will retire. It may not be the way I planned it, but I, I will retire and I really am focusing I'm going to say four years, but I'm definitely going to say no more than five. 
In the board game of life, there are only two options for retirement, countryside acres and millionaire estates. In reality, there are so many more possibilities. There's I want to keep working and don't want to retire village. There's I need my employer's health care and can't retire island. There's even I retired and then started a second career manor. It's easy to oversimplify the idea of growing old. The fact is, the experience will be different for each of us. That's why it's important to reimagine this whole concept of retirement. Maybe it's not the end of the game. Maybe it's the beginning of something new. You just listened to the Here Arizona Aging Podcast. That's H-E-A-R Arizona. This podcast is made possible by support from the Nina Mason Pulliam Charitable Trust. Since we're a brand new show, please tell all of your friends to check us out. They can search for Here Arizona on their favorite podcast listening app. And since we're all about empowering our community, we want you to be part of the conversation. Follow Here Arizona on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In this episode, you heard from AARP Arizona. For more information about AARP and other Arizona nonprofits that work with seniors, head over to our resource page at hearearizona.org. Also, special thanks to Duet, a nonprofit organization in Phoenix that provides support and services to homebound adults, family caregivers, and Graham families. Also, a bit of sad news. Frances Smith Cohen passed away while we were reporting this story. Her dancing spirit will be missed. Here, Arizona is a production of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College, which includes Sun Sounds, Spot 127, Soundbite, KBOC, and KJZZ. Rachel Aronoff and Katherine Davis-Young are our producers. Paul Atkinson is our supervising producer, and Linda Pastore is our executive producer. I'm Kathy Ritchie, and thanks for listening. excited about our generation or the generation of 20-somethings? Absolutely, I'm excited about you. I, <laughs> the other day, I did a cut and paste, and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> cut and paste. You got that the first week you were in the computers. <laughs>